When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Here's the staff to Riley's. He drops back. Blue Chiefs looking for Everly. He's going. Going to the end zone. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. Touchdown. Eskimo. One-timer score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 champ. First pitch just minutes away. A World Series where someone's misery will end. Cubs and Indians about to get going. 11 games in the NHL tonight, including Sidney Crosby playing for the first time after missing six games because of a concussion. Oh, and uh, this has already happened. Stamkos and Matthews on this draw. Stamkos wins it cleanly. Here's Schuster for Jason Garrison on the left wing. He wires it in. The hard around for Matt Hunwick. In the Leafs' near corner, punches to Connor Carrick in the far corner. Oh, he's boarded by Stamkos. They didn't call a penalty. The Lightning retrieve it. It bounces for Nemetsnikov left circle. His feed blocked by Matthews. Launches it up the middle for Hyman. It's blocked. Stamkos has it alone. Score! He bobbled up, and it bounced between the pads of Anderson. Lightning have a 1-0 lead. The Lightning now have a 2-0 lead, but yes, Steven Stamkos, the player many Leafs fans were hoping would be on their team scores against Toronto early in the first period that call courtesy of the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 6.07 Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Good to have you along for the ride. The Oilers back at practice today after getting yesterday off. The Edmonton Eskimos back at practice after, well, they weren't on the field uh, yesterday. A bit of a workout day and a film day for the Eskimos as they get ready to play Hamilton on Friday. The Oilers will play Washington tomorrow. Of course, we have the games for both teams on 6.30, Chad, and we'll get you ready for uh, the game tomorrow night against Washington. 6 o'clock face-off show, 7.30 for the drop of the puck. Matthew Benning out at practice for the Oilers today. Uh, I would expect, though, the defense to be the same as what went against the Winnipeg Jets at the Heritage Classic on Sunday. Up front, uh, Anton Slepeshev was wearing a blue jersey indicating he's uh, he skated with the guys on the top two lines, though I think he's going to wind up being the extra forward again uh, when the Oilers do hit the ice. Let's uh, fly through the scoreboard here first, though. Taylor Hall has his fourth goal of the season. The New Jersey Devils and Arizona Coyotes are tied 1-1 early in the second period. Panthers up 1-0 on the Penguins. Riley Smith with his first of the season. That's early in the second as well. Late the first scoreless between the Flyers and the Sabres. Detroit taking it to Carolina. Already up 3-0 in the first. After one, no score. Wild and Bruins. Still to come tonight, the Jets and the Stars. Calgary after getting a big shootout win in Chicago last night. Moving on to play St. Louis. The Canucks 4-1-1 on the season are hosting the Senators. The Senators will be in Edmonton on Sunday night. The Ducks visit the Sharks in 
in a later game. And at 8.30 tonight, the 2-3 and three Kings face off at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right. The Oilers, I expect here that Cam Talbot's going to be playing Obviously, tomorrow, I would think Friday and Sunday, and then next Tuesday and Thursday, I, I think keep going with them. Give them the next five starts, maybe six. They play back-to-back games on the road, November 5th and 6th. And uh, Talbot named the first star of the week in the NHL yesterday. He went 3-0 and last week with a shutout, 970 save percentage, and he was commenting on that hot run. Uh, we knew we had some things to clean up after last week, and uh, we addressed it on the, the Monday that we came into practice, and the boys knew we had to come out and do it last week, and and uh, we put in a motion, and we had a, a heck of a week last week, so give a give the guys in front of me a lot of credit for uh, doing what we need to do to fix that. Buffalo was a, a tough night over a week ago, you know, as a, as a goaltender, as a team. Some nights things go wrong. Where have, uh, have you, think, made some strides in terms of your ability just to park those games and, and bounce back from them? I think so. I think uh, one of the the biggest things of being a starting goalie and be able to carry the load is uh, to not let those one games get to you because once you let them snowball, it becomes an inconsistent stretch there and, and you can't really have that in a long season. So those those stretches can really hurt you in the long run. So you kind of got to nip those in the butt right away and move on and that's what I was able to do this past week and uh, was able to get uh, three big wins there. Did the, did the babies almost help in that respect or you have to, there's things more important almost than hockey? A little bit, yeah. I mean... Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of excitement uh, for me uh, last Wednesday, but I knew I had some some work to do on, on Tuesday before that. But uh, like you said, it's uh, it gave me something to look forward to um, after uh, a rough game that Sunday night. So it was just kind of, uh, like you said, kind of park that one, forget about it, have a short-term memory, and just move on from there and, and uh, look forward to what I knew was going to be a great week no matter what. What's your scouting report on Alexander Ovechkin? Shoot, shoot, shoot. I mean, every time the puck gets on a stick, he seems to be putting it to the net. So I uh, got to be ready every time he's on the ice. But he's not the only weapon that they have. They have uh, full arsenal on that team, and they got to be ready whenever. It doesn't matter who's on the ice. So uh, we got to be ready as a group in here. It's going to be a big test for us, and uh, I think we're up to the challenge. Last year they beat you guys 7-4, and they also beat you one nothing, and they won the most games in the league. Is that the ultimately the type of team that you or any good team would want to be where you can win a game a variety of different ways? Yeah, that's a testament to them. I mean, they, they can beat you in the firepower uh, games and the run and gun games, and they can also beat you in defensive games. So um, they've got everything, and uh, that's what we're trying to build here. And uh, I think that we showed that through the early part of the season where we can win those 7-4 games as well and then come out and, and put up a, a shutout like we did last game. So um, we've, we've grown a lot as a team, and that's the kind of team that we want to be. So um, in order to, to move up and uh, prove that we have to beat teams like this and it starts tomorrow night all right cam talbot checking in after practice today and the capitals are an interesting team because they've been a pretty good regular season team i know they missed the playoffs a couple years ago but they've been a pretty good regular season team you know for a few years now but in the playoffs they often weren't able to quite play against uh, you know the grinded out style or the tighter checking teams and they looked like they'd taken a step in the right direction last year towards doing that and then still ultimately they they lost in the second round of the playoffs but I do think the point is well taken that the good teams can win a variety of different ways and the Oilers have shown signs baby steps 
Ford's starting to be able to do that. I'm not going to label the Oilers a team that can do that consistently yet, but if you look at the five wins they have so far, outscored their mistakes a couple of times, uh, had good goaltending, and then won with some timely scoring and a little better checking against the St. Louis Blues and and the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll see if they can keep that up. You can chime in, of course, 780-496-0063. You can text 63630. The the, uh, goal differential for the Oilers has been... Uh, a, a big source of discussion as well. They they went from, you know, like negative eighty two or whatever it was a couple of years ago. Got the got about forty goals better on that list se- last season. This year for the Oilers, encouraging signs. They're plus seven after two games right up there with Montreal for the best in the league. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Well, I think it's important for our team. Um, the goal differential, we talked about finding 40 to 45 goals uh, throughout the season. We're six games in, we're on the plus side, so that means a lot to our team. Um, there's two sides to that ledger. There's the goals for and the goals against. Uh, I'm as pleased with the goals against over the last three games um, as the goals for being being up there. Um, I think you have to be willing and prepared to prevent scoring chances to win in this league. You just can't outscore your mistakes. And and uh, over the last three games, we've done a much better job than we had prior to uh, to them. Well, 9-3, the Oilers have outscored the opposition over the last three games, and that plus-seven differential, even though their their loss was by four goals. We have Jordan on the line, 780-496-0063. Hey, Jordan. How's it going, Reed? Yeah, I'm doing great. Hey, uh, I just wanted uh, to make a quick comment and then ask a question. The comment is I've heard uh, guys at work and people online just saying, oh, yeah, you know, maybe not even Oilers fans, but just people saying, okay, wait for the sky to fall, you know don't get too excited but I mean everyone should just enjoy this with the amount of years we've lost and seen stretches of really bad hockey like just enjoy it enjoy the games and uh, the question I have for you is uh, what's your take on how long um, the top three standing last how many months are going to go if you had to put money on it oh how long the Oilers will stay in the top three in the league in, in the Pacific Division specifically. Oh, in the Pacific Division. Okay, let me double-check the standings here. I got them open. I got to check the uh, distribution here. Oh, I got the scoreboard open. Here's the standings. Uh, all right, so right now it's Edmonton 10, Vancouver 9, San Jose 6, Anaheim 5. Uh, really, I think the Oilers might be able to stay in the top three. I mean, hopefully well into December. I mean, I think Vancouver's going to drop off. I think Calgary might kind of stay mediocre. Uh, I think Arizona's early in trouble. L.A. doesn't have a goalie right now. I do think Anaheim and San Jose are going to come up. I, I mean, I think the I think the I think they can hang around. I really do. I and and the good start has made me a little more optimistic about staying in the playoff race. Look, they play Washington and Vancouver and Ottawa to end off the month. They have a tough November where they play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of their 14 games on the road, right? But they can break even in those. What if, what if, they, can even, what if they can go seven and two in October and even six and eight in November? Then you're still 13 and 11 going into December. That's not bad. You're hanging around. Like you're not in great shape. But, but you're hanging around. I, I just think they're better equipped to avoid long losing streaks, though, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be there. But, no, I, I, I think with the wild card and everything, 
I, I think they can make it interesting here for a while. Yeah, and I, uh, I certainly think, you know, uh, we're deep enough now that, you know, let's say dry saddle slumps off. Well, you know, Nuge is bound to get his game going. Pouliot's bound to pot a few. And I think um, overall, uh, let's keep the momentum going and uh, stay positive. Well, someone said to me last night, the Oilers are a couple injuries away from being uh, uh, the worst team in the league. And I said, well, hold on. They ha- currently have five guys injured. <laughs> it's just fortunate that they're not anybody in their top four D or, or top six forwards. So they, they do have injuries. Luckily, so far, they've avoided injuries to, to any high-minute guys. But I agree with you. I mean, enjoy the ride. Uh, I know that, uh, and it seems like now with social media and it just seems like there's more negativity and it's easier to, to be negative. It's not a perfect team, but I agree. Five and one, enjoy the ride. Enjoy having some points in the back bank. And like I said, even if you play 500 hockey for the next 20 games, at the end of that run, you'll still be four games over 500, which will keep you in the playoff conversation. Yeah, so I guess now's the time to head to the bookies in Vegas and uh, yeah. make some money on the team. So <laughs> I'll give you 10 bucks, Jordan. You can place a bet for me. You got it. Okay. That's Jordan at 780-496-0063. Quick timeout. couple more clips from Todd McClellan. Bob Stoffer is slated to join us as well. Oh, and this is going to be fun. Between 7.30 and 8 tonight, Kent Austin, Hamilton Tiger Cats head coach, is going to be on Inside Sports. Hey, this is Jordan Eberle from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. And Jordan Everly's former teammate Taylor Hall has scored his fifth of the season. He is the star of the New Jersey offense. The Devils lead the Coyotes 2-1 halfway through the game. That game being played in Jersey. World Series underway. Bottom of the first. No score of the game in Cleveland. Of course, Major League Baseball clinging to this absurd method of picking home field advantage by giving it to the team from the league that won the all-star game even though the cubs had a a much better regular season than cleveland they start on the road 622 inside sports on 630 chad thanks a lot for tuning in tonight the edmonton oil kings home game tonight we'll keep you updated once it starts seven o'clock face off at rogers place taking on the brandon wheat kings wheat kings defenseman kale clegg named the uh, chl player of the week Uh, kale clegg we featured along with his dad jason when we did the Father's Day programming during uh, the week leading up to Father's Day. We did a Father's Day segment every week. And uh, Kale Clegg, excellent WHL player, and his uh, father I knew from when he was the goaltender for the Lloydminster Border Kings, helped them win the Allen Cup back in 2001. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. The Oilers going for four in a row. Last year, they only had one winning streak of longer than three games. It was a six-gamer in December. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. We've had an opportunity to deal with uh, success once already this season, and we didn't pass that test very well. Uh, We'll get another opportunity tomorrow against a very good opponent, and um, I think we're still uh, uh, still so early in the year, and we're still a... um, you know, a development type team, a team that is growing, a growth team, I think I called us before. Um, our club has a lot of work to do, and we're not by any means getting ahead of ourselves. Um, it's nice to be and feel a little bit of positive energy at the beginning of the year where we haven't had that in the past, and we've worked hard to, to earn that. 
but uh, there's just way too much hockey in front of us and, and too much improving that has to happen with our team. Well, and somebody texted yesterday uh, about, you know, our other teams taking the Oilers lightly. I don't, I don't know about that, but they, the, they certainly will be aware of what the Oilers have been able to do in the young season. Coaches are obsessive these days about watching film and picking little things apart. The players watch film. Uh, I mean, I know, I know some teams will have, before a game, they'll just have video playing of stuff about the other team or goals scored on the other team's goalie. Maybe there are trends there. So, I mean, the, the guys are always watching tape. The Capitals haven't played since Saturday. So talk about a lot of prep time for the Oilers to sit and watch film. So, I mean, look, if the Oilers continue to, to win and get better, yes, they, they will be challenged by wearing the bullseye as opposed to being, you know, kind of a uh, team with not a lot of dimension that you can beat by doing one or two things well. So that the, the teams are going to start get preparing, and McClellan has he referenced it today when he was talking. He's referenced it in the past. After 10 games in, the league starts to settle in. The games get tighter checking. They get a little tougher. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and then the Oilers will be on a road, the road a lot after that 10-game mark. So can they, can they stand up to the league getting tougher and that they're going to be considered a tougher opponent by a lot of teams? I mean, McDavid alone is going to give other teams a goal, right? we got to stop this guy. Let's keep this guy off the score sheet. Well, maybe he got two or three points against a team we're chasing in the standings. Let's let's be the team that shuts him out. So, yeah, those are things are all that are all going to figure in as we move along here. McClellan commenting on trying to shut down Alexander Ovechkin. Tremendous player. is unique. He's... Um... You know, he seems to get it done every night, and uh, you have to pay attention to him in certain situations. You have to give the players some information on him. Um, some are going to play against him for the first time. Some only play against him twice a year. Um, so it's not like we're um, we're used to being on the ice against him. Uh, so we will we will give him some tidbits on that, but. Uh, so do the other 29 teams, and he's found a way to score. I don't know how many goals, but he just keeps doing it. All right, coming up to the 6.30 news, Bob Stoffer is going to check in after that as we talk a little more Oilers and get ready for their game against the Capitals. You'll also hear a little bit from Jordan Eberle. 11 games in the NHL, and we will keep you updated as we roll along and on the World Series, too. It's Inside Sports on 6.30 Chat. Listening to 6:30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, good start for Cleveland. Two nothing as the first inning. Oh, jeez! Oh. Uh, you'll see that catch tonight on the highlight reel for sure. The one that just made me uh, give a little exclamation as the uh, who was that, Matthew? Did you see that? Oh, it's David Ross, the catcher. David Ross, sorry. Uh, because the Cubs use a few different catchers, don't they? Uh, catching it just as he slammed into the backstop, a foul ball to end the inning. But two for Cleveland. They're up 2-0 after one. 11 games in the NHL. Give you the full scoreboard later, but just a couple of highlights. Taylor Hall, two goals for the Devils as they lead Arizona. 2-1 that game now. Oh, sorry, now 3-1 for the Devils. Uh, Hall with two of the goals. He has five on the year late in the second period. Calgary has jumped out to a 2-0 lead in St. Louis. 
defensemen scoring England and Weidman with the goals as the Flames try to win another one after getting by Chicago in a seven-round shootout last night. Christopher Stieg, remember him, got the game-deciding goal. Um, if you've ever missed anything on Inside Sports, you can go sign up for the Inside Sports podcast on 630Ched.com. We had a fun show last night with uh, Dave Lomley checking in. We also talked to Ed Elnicki, running back for the U of A Golden Bears, about their seven-overtime game against the Manitoba Bisons. And pleased to welcome to the show now, former sports information director at the U of A and now the host of Oilers now on this very station, it's Bob Stoffer. Hey, Bob. How's it going? Let's not forget color guy for the orders as well. It's just a <laughs> It's a long just resume. Fun, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted it's to... Long, it seems many moons ago that I was the SID at the U of A, let me tell you. I don't know where you were then. I think you were in Lloydminster, one of those places that, uh, you know, helps uh, serve the metropolis that is Edmonton. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while. I will confess I watched a large portion of that while Dave Lumley was on the ice, actually at the uh, Heritage Classic in the alumni game. Reed, I happened to flip on Canada West TV and uh, watch the football broadcast of Dustin Nielsen and Jay Milne, and I just had the sneaking suspicion that, you know, there's, there's certain teams that just don't seem to win those overtime games, and just as NC State lost to Clemson, found a way to lose the game. I knew that the Bears ultimately right now uh, you know, they don't have the wherewithal to find ways to win. They don't have that culture yet. It's something that they've got to transition. They had it in the mid-2000s. They lost it. And that transitions us to the Oilers. Have they become a team that has matured and improved? I know Peter Shirelli was on uh, Toronto Radio today talking about the fact that, uh, you know, commenting that, you know, he thinks the team is better on paper. and We're seeing the results that come with that as well and some growth and some maturity. Well, the statement I've been using is a lot of people, you know, friends and listeners, uh, the the basic question really is, are are the Oilers a good team? I still say no, but I think they're getting good, which is encouraging. And, and, you know, if it goes well, maybe it's going to happen quicker than than we think. You know what, Bob? I've always had that theory, and, and you and I have talked about it. I've always divided the NHL into four tiers. Top tier legitimate contenders second tier solid playoff teams but they need they need some breaks in the playoffs to win it all third tier bubble playoff teams so you're either barely in or barely out and then the fourth tier where unfortunately the Oilers have been too often where you're way out of it I'm wondering now given what San Jose did in the playoffs last year and you know hopefully where the Oilers are moving I'm wondering if there are only three and there's just a huge middle made up of as many as, as 18 teams where, you know, you're, you're fighting to get in or you might miss it, but you get hot at the right time. Maybe you can do some damage. Because going back to last year, I didn't think San Jose could do any damage. I would have had them as a third-tier team, and they're two wins away from the Stanley Cup. Maybe the Oilers can move into the up the, that massive middle of teams where a good hot streak like they're on now, you know, could propel them into the playoffs long-term. Um. A couple things. I mean, I, I think when when you travel around and when you're on the road, like when you're in Edmonton and you're you're working out of Edmonton as a media guy, and I'm going to go back to when I was uh, doing the games at the other station, you know, and, and but not broadcasting the team games, but covering the team. Uh, at times, you have an Edmonton-centric point of view, and I and I bring that up because in '06. 
you know, I did think that the Oilers could make some noise in the playoffs, and some guys thought I was crazy. And lo and behold, the Oilers got past Detroit, and anything was possible. And I and I do know that the management felt, hey, you just have to get in the playoffs and see where it rolls. Now, one of the keys was they had Chris Pronger, and so they had a great player to build around, and away they went. Uh, but when you travel on a day-to-day basis, you know, I started doing color for the team in 2008, 2009. And I realized at that time that not everybody shared the perception that, you know, I mean, the Oilers that year, they were actually decent and just missed the playoffs by three or four games. They got off to a pretty good start uh, in both that year in 08, 09, and again the next year under Pac win in 9, 10. But they did not have the sense of respect from uh, others in other markets, the the pro scouts, the uh, you know, and, and where I'm going with this, read is I can tell you when I was in Winnipeg, there were a lot of people there, uh, and you know, you and Rob Brown would have found this if you were there as well. There, there were a lot of people there going, "Are these guys for real?" Because it seems to me that this is a different group and a better team. And even the guys that are, you know, some of the, the national base guys in Toronto are like, it's clear there's been an upgrade here. This is a better team, you know. So Talbot's come around, poor start, but. They've got a goalie that can stop the puck. They've certainly got a better defense, so it cost them Taylor Hall to help upgrade, but they also got Chris Russell. they got a better defense. And, Reed, they got heavier uh, players up front, a complete transition from what they had even a year ago at this time. And so I guess where I'm going with this is, like, I'm telling you that there's guys out there that are like, no, there's a noticeable improvement in the club. And, uh, and then the other wild card is what are the other teams like? Have we seen a downgrade, Reed? And I'm going to ask you. Like, do you think San Jose can match what they did last year? I don't. Is L.A. as good as they were last year? Not a chance, especially if quick out. Uh, Arizona, you know, what are your thoughts? Like, yeah. Well, you I know what? It, like, it's a, like, you know what I mean? So I think it works to the order's advantage. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, uh, Jordan called in last hour, last half hour, and said, Reed, how long do you think they can stay in the top three in the Pacific? And I said, okay. Vancouver, I don't think we'll keep it up. I think San Jose will will hang around. I think Anaheim is going to come on. Calgary, I think, will play better, but I, but I still think they'll probably be a mediocre team. L.A. has goaltending trouble, and I mean, look, Edmonton is already eight points up on Arizona. I mean, that's the luxury of the Oilers starting. So I said to Jordan, I, I said, you know what, the Oilers can play 500 hockey for the next 20 or 25 games, and still be four games above 500 and probably still be in a playoff spot. So I said, yes, I, I think this start and what's going on in the division, you know, if the, unless the Oilers completely fall off the map, it has positioned them to stay in a playoff race and probably in a playoff spot for a lengthy period of time, longer than they have been uh, in, in a while. Now, November is going to be tough, 9 of 14 on the road. But maybe they chip away, get some games into overtime, steal some points where they haven't in the past. And and you're right. I mean, it's it's not just all always about getting better. It's about other teams dropping off. And, and honestly, Bob, L.A. is a good example because I think even with Jonathan Quick, that was a vulnerable team, right? I mean, teams don't stay on top forever. They missed the playoff two years ago. They were a quick exit last year. Look at what happened. The Oilers took uh, Milan Lucic from the Kings, 
And one of the wingers they brought in was Teddy Purcell. I mean, and we saw Teddy Purcell for a year and a half. We know Milan Lucic is a better, well-rounded player. So now, again, you can maybe, you can tell me if I'm being Oilers-centric, but I just think this start, coupled with the the rest of the division, already bodes well for this team hanging around. Reed, did you see Jack Michael's tweets today on when they got their first four regulation <laughs> wins against Western It Conference? was in March. It was in right. March. That's unbelievable. So, I mean, I... I'm going to tell you right now, I see the Oilers in the top three all year in the Pacific because I had them making the playoffs, if you remember. When push came to shove, I had them in, and I don't think they're going to move away. But I think Arizona has serious step down. They're trying to transition that goal to younger players. Younger players make mistakes. The Kings have cap issues. The Ducks hired a worse coach, in my opinion, on a team that can be a little bit temperamental. Uh, San Jose had a lengthy run. They got two guys that are key with expiring contracts. It's going to be very interested to see what the mindset is of that group. The Canucks are complete bluffers. And, and I say that, and I hope the Oilers don't stink the joint there up on Friday. But come on, man, three of their wins this year, they did not have the lead for at any point during the game. So, and then Calgary, they had a slow start. I don't know how good they are, but I, I, I have enough respect for their players to know that they're not as bad as they were at the start of the year. And all that being said, there's the record against the West. Four wins, and it took a March back-to-back years to get regulation wins against the West. And what have the Oilers done uh, what you know, they've been over 500 against these for the last decade while they finished out of the playoffs. So, yeah, they're going on the road and, and out east, but and all of that. So, here's the thing I think the owners are better on paper. I think that they're more used to having Todd as their head coach. I think that uh, there's some teams that have dropped off, but I still think they're far from a finished product. And they're going to add themselves the top nine forward when Kajula gets back from injury, they'll spend some time in the minors. That'll give them another option up front. And Nugent Hopkins and Pouliot have got to get going, too, because they're going to have nothing read. I mean, Benoit Pouliot, three straight years now, he's had terrible starts the year. First year he's here, first eight games, he had two assists, was minus four. Last year, first six games, you know, two assists and minus three. This year, first six games, he's got a goal and an assist. I mean, the Oilers need that guy with Nugent Hopkins to get going here. Those guys, that's, you know, in theory, that's supposed to be their second line. So, They've got a lot of room for improvement as a group, but I don't think the division's as good as it is, and I do think they have a better team, and I think that they're going to be able to make some noise as this year goes on. Well, the, the Nugent-Hopkins line has be, become the third line. You're right. It was supposed to be the second line, but Dreisaitl's line is the second line. Obviously, McDavid number one. And, I mean, the, the, the fourth line, now I know Cassian's been moved up, but... I mean, Latestu and Pitlick have outscored Nugent Hopkins and Pouliot. So that's good short-term, but not that's not good long-term, right? So They got 11 goals from right wings. 11 goals from guys that are supposed to play the right side. You know, Everly three, Pitlick three, Cassian two, that gets you to eight. You know, Pouliot and Slepeshev have a goal each as well. I'm missing somebody. But they're at 11 goals on the right wing. It's, it, it, and the guys on the left side, we thought the left wingers would be the, the strength of the wing positions on the team. You know, Lucic, okay, he's got a couple. He's been okay. And, and they, But Pouliot and Maroon only have one each, and Maroon got his first goal of the year, doesn't have a point since. That's what I mean. They got more room to grow with their forward groups up front. So, you know, now they're going to get some injuries. We know that. But uh, and, and, again, but do you not agree? that you could see this group having more collective punch as time goes on? Yes, and you referenced the coaching, and I, and I do see, and a couple guys have, have, have said it to me, that 
there's it has helped to have now some guys are new but it's helped to have Todd come back and especially early in the season when some things worked and I think some light bulbs are going on that started to go on last year and are now really coming on bright where it's like oh okay wait a minute that works the the message that we're being harped into about positioning about commitment to these types of details oh okay we get it and and I think I mean, look, because the Oilers haven't just changed a lot of coaches. They often replaced the coach with another first-time coach, right? As, as opposed to a guy that knows how to get the buy-in and came with a little bit of cachet right off the top. Right, right. Let's get back to what, you know, uh, I, I talked about, you know, traveling around. I remember it was the last year Tanton did the game, and it was one of their broadcasters. And it was the year that uh, Dallas was rookie year's head coach. And the guy looked at me and said, you know, your general manager and head coach have no experience in the National Hockey League in their respective roles and would not be in these positions with any other organization in the league. And I said, well, wait a sec here. Like, you know, lots of guys get chances, like McTavish got a chance. That happens once in a while. But GMs, and he conceded me that. And then I, and I said, and wasn't it some of your people that were pushing, uh, you know, pushing Dallas Aikens as a guy, you know, and he go, and he said the same thing. He goes, you know, you guys replaced a rookie head coach with the players with what they knew and liked because he spent some time at the club with a guy they didn't know and another rookie head coach. <clears throat> but it was the combination of the rookie head coach with the rookie GM and the complete contrast we now have where, you know, Peter Shirelli has currency around the league as a general manager. He can make a hard decision. He's made hard trades. And then Todd McClellan, I mean, he's, you know, He's considered one of the top five coaches that he's paid like it. And there again is part of the rub for what I hear when I go around the league on a day-to-day basis. Is just the, there's a lot more respect with what the Oilers have to work with on the ice, in the boardroom, at the coaching level. And as a result, there are greater expectations for this group to continue moving forward. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. And I mean, my expectation is, is that they, they handle tough games better and they bounce back from losses better. And then, you know, maybe tomorrow's going to be a tough night. We'll see. But, but I, I, I look forward to the games. In, I mean, I always look forward to the games, but I have a different sense about them now, and I think the fan base does too, which is a lot of fun. Bob, are you, uh, are you at Oil Kings tonight, or what are you doing? Just chilling out? No, I'm fighting her, but I, I do want to mention, you should be looking forward to this. Like, you know, when you do, when you do a call-in show, like you do after the games with Rob on, on the uh, – on overtime open line. I mean, that is, and I did do that for a year with Dan while I was doing, you know, Oilers lunch and doing the pregame show. And when you're not winning, those shows are hard to grind out on a day-to-day basis. And I, I mean, I know what it's like when you're flying back on a road trip and the team's got the day off the next day. You're sitting in 29th place and the team's got one win on a five-game road trip. And I know what's coming. Uh, this is a heck of a lot more fun, and I hope it continues. Bob, it's always great to have you on the show. I will see you at the morning skate, man. Sure, man. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Bob Stoffer checking in. Oilers now noon to 2 every weekday on 630 Ched. Bob also the color analyst for Oilers broadcast on Ched and the Oilers radio network. So you heard what Bob and I were talking about. Uh, we're both, I think, cautiously optimistic. Are we nuts? Is it going to come to December 31st and the Oilers might be in or close to a playoff spot? I think it's... Uh, fairly realistic given how they've started and some of the other struggles in the division. Now remember, you don't have to figure the central division into this. You can just talk about top three in the Pacific. You can text 630-630-7804960063. We're back in a second.
This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. And there's down a man here. McKeg off for high sticking. It's a two-minute penalty. Malkin out in front. A shot they score. Sidney Crosby. A power play goal for the Penguins. Crosby had time, picked the corner, and he gets the Penguins on the board. Crosby in his first game of the year, back from the concussion. Panthers lead the Penguins 2-1 after two. Former Edmonton Oil King Mark Pesic scoring for the Panthers tonight. Text to 630-630 says, Reed, I'm loving the Oilers' play. The fact that they're finding chemistry and can still find a way to win games is encouraging. When they're working as a unit... Uh, I think they will be a top three team in the NHL. I predict by December the Oilers will be in the top three in points. Well, I wouldn't mind that, and that text coming in from Allen and his young apprentice, uh, Darren, who I believe, uh, I think, I can't remember where they work, but they often work into the evening and listen to Inside Sports, so I appreciate that. Jared is on the open line. Hey, Jared. How's it going, Pete? I'm doing good. Good to hear from you. Good. Uh, you know, I, when I was listening to Bob, I got to thinking of when he, we were talking about, like, L.A. and San Jose and Anaheim, they're, that they're not the team that they were in the past. And then I was been watching Toronto a little bit. And it's interesting with Mike Babcock, I think he's changed, like, his coaching philosophy because he's got a lot of very talented players, a little bit different than what he had in Detroit, like younger players. And he's a very smart guy. And I think he's seeing things evolving in the NHL, and it's all, I almost had this thing that he's like ahead of the curve. And some of these teams like L.A. and San Jose, they're getting older, but I think a lot of the players that they have are obsolete. And I think for the Oilers, I'm very happy they're doing well, but I think they got about a two-year period, two, two or three-year period to win. Because afterwards, they're bigger, kind of heavier forwards. I don't see a lot of those guys being around in the NHL by that time. Just the way the game is moving with the younger players and and getting faster. And that's where I think, like, Shirelli, he still kind of has the same philosophy he had in, in Boston. But the game is always changing. And I do think that there is, like, a next era is going to be kind of coming into play. And this so-called, like, heavy game is going to be replaced by a different style. I was just wondering what you thought about that. Well, first of all, I think that's an excellent point. And, and those are thoughts that have gone through my mind at many different points in my life as a sports fan, that it's going to be more speed, 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 and, and quick, 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 and physical play, and stuff will be uh, slowly weaned out of the game. And, Jared, it, it never, at least in my mind, it never totally happens I, I just think now you raise a good point about you can't be slow and, and plotting, but I, I just think in professional sports in general, especially the sports we watch in North America, size is always going to be valued. Now it has to be size that can play, has to be a guy with Lucic that can still score or whatever, and guys that can still move. Um, but I, but I just uh, now some of the guys you're talking about is Zach Cassian going to be an Oiler in five years? Well, I doubt it. I mean, guys are going to be replaced with younger guys. But I think you'll always need you'll always need big guys. And uh, like Jared, let's look at the NBA. You know, they they moved that they created a three point line. They said let's get more perimeter play. Almost every great NBA team though, uh, since they put in the three point line, has had a dominant center. 
right? Yeah. Or dominant big man. So I, I, I know what you're saying. I think it's a valid point. I think it's a great discussion. Uh, and and if I, I think some of the specific Oilers that they have in those roles, it's worth debating how long they contribu- can contribute. But I don't think size itself will ever be eliminated as an important factor. But I, the one last thing, you know, with Chicago, they're, they're struggling. How much, in your opinion, like, like the salary cap helps small market teams, but how much do you think uh, the game gets watered down by having all this parity and no longer having, like, a super <laughs> team? And, and, you know, you look at the NBA, like, I'm, basketball's not my favorite sport, but I find it the most entertaining sport in terms of like the like watching it mm-hmm. and the nhl some games are good and some games are so so but you know you think that if there's no super team and you're just everyone is just kind of the same and you get points for losing really getting any better and you get points for losing right yeah, uh, I, th- I i think expansion and coaching have as much to do with that um as the salary cap in the nhl personally yeah, but you know when they expanded in '67, the game went went offensive, right? Yeah, it, it was it was very different. But if they ever changed the rule where they, if the game is tied at the end of 60 minutes, nobody gets any points, and I think the game would be a lot more exciting. Jared, thanks for calling, buddy. I got a break for the news. Okay, I'll talk to you again. Okay, take it easy, Reed. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six thirty. Scoreboard updates. Some of your texts, and uh, we'll transition into some uh, Eskimos. Tiger Cats preview as we move along. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.